変身
what they do in the finale, for example, if it happens all at once, you know? Mm-hmm. And even with like shows like uh like HBO, like I'm behind on uh the Lovecraft c- country, but I could binge that and catch up and still not, you know, catch too many like crazy spoilers before the final episode. You know, like it, they give you room to like uh, you know, like miss a couple of weeks that didn't catch up. But Netflix, they don't care. <laughs> like you could go on Twitter and get spoiled like a few hours after the show comes out. Like, oh my God, that was amazing how blah 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 happened. And it's like, thanks. I didn't even get a chance to watch episode three yet. And I'm not saying it's like a bad thing, but um, like when you watch like um certain shows that were filmed as if they'll have commercial breaks and there's stuff like some dude entering a room and it's like a big climactic like thing because they have to cut to commercial make you want to come back mm-hmm. versus when you watch something that was like built for you to watch all at once. Like you can tell, oh, this was filmed thinking there'd be like commercial breaks here and here versus like this was filmed without that. Like it changes the way things are made too. Although like the format like of like a show is just different when you're supposed to watch it in like a like rush, you know? Yeah, kinda like how we watch Kamen Rider. Like you could kind of see the commercial cuts here and there. Yeah. Um how is the boys? Cause I saw it and I was just like, I don't know if I'm interested in like gritty superheroes and like violence and stuff, personally. Well, I'm biased. I usually <laughs> like a lot of the like comic booky type TV shows. Um, but like I said before, like season one of the boys just caught me off guard. I, I wasn't familiar with the source material and I just liked that take on like a badass evil Superman. <laughs> and then you had like a, a douchey Aquaman take on a character. And then you had like Wonder Woman and all these other like quirky type superheroes that were, you know, behind the scenes, they're like being assholes and, you know, being, you know, like shitty people. But, in front of the cameras, they like put on a show. So I kind of like that take. Um, it's not the most original idea of a you know a superhero yeah. uh, take, but it was just it was just fresh and new at the time. And then uh, you know like sometimes you know like when shows you know come back around that next year, the hype is not as high as it was when it first came out. So with season two, I'm kind of just going through the motions watching it right now. To be honest, waiting for something crazy to happen. Yeah, that's like hard because like there's lots of shows where it's like ah. Uh... Like, there's a billion shows where, mm-hmm. like, you could be on it where you're like, oh, what happened on the Americans last year? I don't know. But people care about the Americans or, like, whatever, you know? Yeah, or like, like that, that, once that show comes around the next year, like, you forget so much and you're not as invested in the show as you were at the beginning. And I know The Mandalorian Season 2 is about to come out. And I'm not going to say I'm the same way yeah. about Mandalorian Season 2 coming out because I like that show a lot. But it's just like, the hype's not as high. And I'm not sure if, if like COVID has something to do with that. Like I'm just like my mindset during quarantine is totally different from when it was not like constantly binging stuff because we went through like a period where nothing was coming out, like nothing like movies and stuff like that. So the way I watch television now is completely different from how I was watching it last year. Yeah. And I think that like, um, there's just a point where like you look at some shows, you're like, wait, what's going on in the season four trailer of like man of the high castle. I like saw like an ad for the show one time and never watched it. I was just like, I don't even know what I'm never going to touch that. Like, it's just like, there's so yeah. many shows that are like must watch TV that you don't end up like getting attached to, you know? Yeah. And it's like some, some catalogs are super intimidating, like season seven. And you're like, no, you need to watch it. I tell you, it's good. And I'm like, do I really want to watch a show that's seven seasons long and 12 episodes a piece? Like, 
That's a lot of time if you think about it. But, you know, some people have more time than others. But right now, um, The Boys Season 2 is what I'm watching. I'm watching a, a few other current shows and some current animes. Um, also, I almost forgot to mention, I told you about it in Discord. Uh, if you guys are fans of anime, please, please watch Rent a Girlfriend. Oh, my God. Like, this anime isn't even, like, the type of anime that I catch myself watching on a regular. But I saw one of my mutuals on Twitter mention it, and I'm in love with the show. It's, it's so freaking good. And uh, a quick premise about it is, like, uh, you know, this guy, he's dating this girl, and she breaks up with him. And, you know, he's lonely, so he <laughs> goes online and rents a girlfriend. And, you know, like she's going through the motions and, you know, put on a show and then the girl meets or his grandmother meets the girl and falls in love with her. And now he's like stuck in it like this lie. And now he has to keep writing this girl out because his grandma really thinks it's his girlfriend. And, you know, oh. like a lot <laughs> like a lot of things happen in between. And it's, it's just super funny. And uh, I think the best way that sold it to me on Twitter was like it's like the most realistic in like life anime like it's one of those like I-, I can see this happening in real life it's not like a shonen it's not like crazy action sequences it's just it's just cool it's just fun feels like a drama oh yeah um so i've been watching a like anime like i think i like did recommend when the first season or like the, the second season came out like last year but um it's um grappler like baki and it's one of those shows where it's like um this is all real <laughs> And then people like get shot in the mouth and they're like, actually, my like uh, special muscles mean that bullets don't hurt me. And it's like, well, that's that's not really real. Come on. (laughs) Okay. This is the anime that a lot of my friends watch. I just haven't had a chance to get around to it. But you said it's good. Yeah. It's like um, one of those shows where like it's been running in like some form for like 30 years like the like manga but like it's had like three different anime so like this is the third anime i think and it like picks up where the other two left off so it's like a random like arc in the middle of like the series versus like the beginning (laughs) okay this is on netflix right yeah um the first arc's like pretty good it's like a very violent show it's just basically um (laughs) like the way the netflix show starts is what if like the five most dangerous like death row inmates came to tokyo to fight this like 17 year old kid who was really good at like MMA. Mm. And like, it's like, and is that kid Baki? Okay. And like his dad is this guy who, who the muscles on his back make a demon face. And he like has a treaty with the U S army. Cause he's the world's strongest creature. But then the show is also like, oh, we're super realistic. It's like, Oh, come on. You're not quite. <laughs> <laughs> um, it like, um, it got some traction because they so around the 2016 like election um <laughs> the series got some traction because in the manga um there's a scene where um the main character's like dad who's this like world's strongest like creature like very evil guy he like makes like trump and obama like shit themselves and then like has an erection and like hillary clinton loves it and is like <laughs> super embarrassed <laughs> it's just like one of those weird things where it's like super stylized like there's people that have like all these muscles that are like super accurate but like super like gross and like articulated it's just like a it's such a weird show like the current rival of like baki is like muhammad ali jr who like figured out how to like improve on muhammad ali's like style to be like good at mma <laughs> so he's a character or he's like a made-up character in the sh- in the anime yeah it's like <laughs> There is actually a Muhammad Ali Jr. 
but this isn't him. It's the anime Robin Ali Jr., not the living dude. Oh, no. So it's kind of funny. It's a wild show. Um, are you like caught up, or you just started watching it? I'm just starting on the most recent season. I'm thinking now it's season two. And it's like okay. a lot of fun. Like it's like, what if you went to like um, what if you went to China for like the world's strongest fighter tournament? It's like okay, cool, that's fine. Yeah, I haven't watched a good fight anime in a long time. Right now, um, I'm watching Boys Two, uh, Rent a Girlfriend, and I'm watching like this old anime that I always seen on every blog. It's called Wolf's Rain. So after I watch Wolf Wolf's Rain, I'll check out Baki. Yeah, it's a weird violent show. It's it's got some weirdness to it. Uh, but no. Um, have you seen this Xbox stuff? By the way, like uh, that's wild. Like I know, like we were like talking like last time about um how we couldn't see why you'd want to buy like an Xbox this time around, but yeah, um, <laughs> I've been keeping my eye on it and that $300 price point for the, is it the X that's 300 or the S the S, which is the like HD, but not yeah. 4k one that, uh, Oh, it's not 4k. Oh yeah. It's not 4k okay. and there's no disc drive. That. Well, that's the main things. Okay. But it's I'm... like tiny as shit and it looks pretty good. Yeah, that's a good price point. I mean, I, I sent a tweet out last week that Sunny's under pressure right now. Like those price points are amazing. Like three hundred and five. Like I thought it was gonna be at least like six for the uh, like the top tier next gen console. Yeah, but, I was thinking like six and like four thirty or something, not three hundred and five. Yeah, so Sony has to show up. I did see that Sony announced something about a press conference on the sixteenth. So we shall see. Yeah, they're that's, probably gonna have to there. Oh shit. I mean we're we're recording this on Tuesday, so it's happening tomorrow. We have to talk about it next Yeah. Part. No, totally. And um have you seen like the craziest thing though is that um for twenty five for the S or thirty five for the X, you could just like lease it like and like rent to own basically and like um just pay it off every month for two years and you'll own it for like twenty five or thirty five a month. And it comes from- with Game Pass and gold. Oh, I missed that. Rent it like at least from what GameStop, like from like from Microsoft. Oh wow! So they want people to buy it like right away. Yeah, because like that's it, crazy. That's, that's it definitely changes stuff, right? Yeah, I've never even thought of that. Wow, I mean it makes sense because like right now, um, they've been testing it for like a little bit since around like the Xbox One X came out. They were like testing this kind of stuff, but right now. Who's going to take consoles like GameStop's basically gone and like mm-hmm. Walmart and like Best Buy like won't really like do that much. So it makes sense because once you get into like thirty five dollars to have like a 4K console and Xbox Live and Game Pass, that's <laughs> that's tough. That's rough. Ooh, yeah. Like I that that's kind of hard to turn down, to be honest. I mean, I know I'm a PlayStation fanboy, but I might have to dabble a little bit. I mean. I'm just not big on their games, though. I understand Game Pass is, like, the best thing to have as far as a gamer, but I, I just never seen an Xbox game, and I was like, I got to play that. Other than, like, Fable. I did say they're bringing Fable back, and I would check out the new Halo. But other than that, it's, Xbox games don't really appeal to me. But that $35 leasing thing sounds dope. Yeah, like, maybe what they're thinking is, we can catch people on the leasing thing and be like, hey, if you're, like, in the bracket where you're going to buy, like, a console new... Maybe you're in the bracket where you could spend $35 a month for two years to have both consoles, like along with your PS5. Maybe that's what that's, they're going for, too. Yeah, like you could, I could like 
wake up with a Xbox in my living room and just be like, what did I do last night? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. How did this get here? Like, there are people that were ready to spend seven hundred dollars. That could be like, well, I'm going to spend five hundred dollars and spend thirty five dollars a month and have both. Like, that's a lot different than spending yeah. twelve hundred dollars. You know, that's not a bad deal if you were like yeah. that good. But also with like covid maybe there's just like we have to have something for people who like couldn't afford to like shell out five hundred dollars in like one one sitting yeah because i spend over thirty five hundred dollars oh we're not thirty five hundred but thirty five bucks a month on just miscellaneous stuff that i don't even like okay let's just say damn. <laughs> just half yeah not thirty five hundred i, I like, wish i could oh <laughs> uh, yeah like every month i spend like um twenty dollars on socks one hundred dollars on shoes $3,200 <laughs> on candles. Please help me balance my budget. <laughs> Damn. No, it, it's a good... I'm surprised. I think that that was way more competitive, especially because like, a lot of people were like, oh, they're dead. They lost Halo. They got no games. And that's still kind of an issue, but damn did they come out strong with that because it was like a leak that they had to like confirm and they didn't want to, but it looked good for them, honestly. Mm-hmm. Smart move by Microsoft. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, so we've been kind of tentative, I think, about um, <laughs> about like getting into Coverider Safer. So I think we should just rip the bandaid off. We talked about everything we said we wanted to to talk about, but Saver. So let's take a break and come back. We are back. So this week again, we are looking at Comrade Saber episode one or chapter one. In the beginning, there's a flame swordsman and chapter two, the water swordsman along with a blue lion. So I have a lot to say about this show, but I want to. So <laughs> we really like Comrade Zero One, right? Uh, really, really, really liked it. It was just a very um, dedicated show. It was simple in like a lot of ways. Um in in the past year, we've also looked at like the original Common Rider, Common Rider Black, Common Rider RX, um, Common Rider Fies, Common Rider Double, and Common Rider Game, and like a little bit of like Zio too because we saw um, that movie that was crossed over with Zero One. Um, by and large, um, we've liked those series. I think for like what they were for the older ones and for like stuff. Um, you really like Common Rider Game, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's my that's my baby. That's my baby right there. Because um, you are done with it, right? Like, we're, like, near done now? Yeah, I, I finished it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm two two Kamen Rider shows in. Like, I'm almost an expert, right? Nah, I'm just joking. I'm still a newcomer. <laughs> it's all relative, you know? But no. <laughs> yeah, so um, it's pretty safe to say that um, we like Kamen Rider here. Um, we, and there was never going to be a case where you finding a show like game that like you really loved or us being really deep into like zero one it being our show's first show where we were gonna immediately feel all right with the transition and or we're like or where we were ever gonna be maybe fair in the beginning or like start off liking saber as much true like right yeah that being said um <laughs> what did you think about Comrade saber so, 
I'll put it like this. I'm going to try to be as optimistic for the first few episodes as I possibly can. I'm going to give this show a chance to find its footing. I don't want to come on here and be a negative Nancy and complain about it. But I will say that this show is weird <laughs> as shit. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Just the way it started off, I'm just like, what the hell is this? What's the guy's name? Tassel or something like that? The green haired guy? Oh, fucking Tassel. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That has to be one of the weirdest characters I've ever seen. It, it just, I'm like, this is how you start a new show? But, uh, I mean, other That's than that, first like, foot. yeah, I'm just like, I then like started telling a fairy tale and, you know, it just, it took a while to get into it, but like midway through the show, you started getting a little bit grips of what the world was, what the world's about and what we had to look forward to. And the fight scene was really good, but I just felt like it was a lot of CG, like a lot. And I don't really know how sustainable that is, but we'll see in future episodes. But um, I will say this felt like I see a lot of people saying this on like blogs and stuff like that. But and I'm new to Toku, so I really don't know if this is common ground for some Kamen shows. But this felt very Sentai like Um, it really Mm -hmm. didn't feel like Kamen Rider. It felt like a Power Ranger Sentai type vibe. I don't know if you caught on to that, too. What's your take? Uh, Well, how do you like when your favorite trope of the dance at the end of the episode came up? Speaking bro, of Sentai, like you know how I feel about those end dances, bro. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, "Fuck!" I want to hear what James would say about this. <laughs> you know how I feel about those cheesy ass dances at the end, and I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm in my thirties. You know, like I'm not the demographic yeah. that they're trying to, you know, cater to, but I'm a fan. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, I, yeah. I, I, I'm able to realize that's not there for me or that's that's there and it's not for me. But um, I, I watched it. It wasn't horrible. Uh, I was trying to like, you know, vibe to it or whatever, but I'll probably skip the, the ending dance for for a while. But uh, yeah, what'd you think about it? So um, this show, I mentioned how I watched the first episode three times. Um, I wanted to to have an opinion that wasn't like a gut reaction. This is like my first watch gut reaction. I was like, Oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was like monkey paw. Cause like, um, literally everything I've been saying the whole time we've been doing the show is like, Hey, let's not worry too much about being serious <laughs> or like shows being like this. Like I remember, um, on our power Rangers episode where we talked about when they became ninjas, um, the Japanese show that that was based off of had like a narrator kind of like tassel. That was more like a tr- traditional like um one person like kneeling like um i forget what it's called but like that kind of like stage thing where there's like one person like at like a desk with like three props and like that's how they're like doing stuff and i was like oh what if like a show ha- like had like a narrator nowadays like that that was like outside of the things and just everything that was happening in the show is like oh like i really like this one show from like the 2000s i'd love to see like another show like it and everything the first time I was watching the first episode, I was just like, oh, my God, this feels like specifically like everything I said I felt or wanted, but like <laughs> wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was very negative on it the first time around, I will say. Um, I watched it um, a second time, less of a gut rich, a like gut reaction. Um, and then I looked at some other people's thoughts. And then I considered what I liked about Toku and stuff, like what I liked. And then I watched it a third time. And I think by the third time, I was much more okay 
a lot of these shows don't start the best. Some shows take eight, 12 episodes to get good in like Kamen Rider. Or like they start out and they're trying to like introduce powers. There's a lot of CG in the start of a lot of shows too. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, maybe it's just finding its footing. It had to start in COVID. That's kind of why like I think there might be lots of CG too, is they're in COVID and they just like don't want to be places. True. So yeah, I'll say negative. I felt very negative. And then I mellowed out a little bit to tentative. Okay. I was worried I was going to be the only person that was negative. But I, like I said, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going I'm to... You know, I'm looking forward to seeing how the show grows over time, but it was a rough first episode. <laughs> I just felt like it was well, very convoluted. Yeah. I really didn't understand how the books work. And I mean, obviously it's the first episode. We're not supposed to know everything, but um, yeah, we'll see what happens in the next few episodes, though. My first reaction was, um, I like cool shit. This isn't cool shit. And then I was like, wait, I should actually examine what that means and not just like... <laughs> come to podcast and say that they're like no like um with Kamen Rider I like it when there's just this um real tension between like the fact that you have to use powers and transform and like there's this real kind of like um sense of a person in the protagonist who's like at odds with parts of the world and has to like make changes and like is isn't ready for what they're doing but they have to embark anyway and that's like a pretty common thing where there's this person who the power is like a little dangerous and they're like not sure how to interact with people and like help people. I didn't really get that from this. And like, I didn't like some of the like characters and the designs and stuff. So I was like, ah, I do think I came around on like a lot of those thinking, okay. Um, first thing I'll say that, um, I actually thought the suit looked a lot better in action. Mm-hmm. I actually like the suit a lot. Yeah. Right. I still think that the like shoulder, and the heads a little much, but in action, like the like white and the gray and like the black and the like red, it looks really good. Yeah, and also like when uh Tomo or Toma um used the two books, it kind of reminded me of double a little bit. Yeah, I didn't see that coming that he could actually use two books at the same time. So that was dope. Yeah, and um, I like the form so far for this thing. Um, in episode two, we meet Comrade Blades. At first, my first thought was, A, there's already Comrade Blade. You just added like an S there. What are you doing? <laughs> um, and B, I was like, this is the most generic suit I've ever seen in a Comrade. But then I was like, okay, it's actually not that bad. It looks better in detail in motion. But the first time I saw it, I was like, ah, this is kind of like just blue and vaguely the secondary like protagonist like, not like a real suit. But yeah, like I liked it more as I got in. So do you th- so do you think they purposely went with elements for the suit's power because Airbender is having like a second revival in America? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's a very basic design. It does make it seem very Sentai or like very generic Toku to like be like, oh, we're like element swordsmen. That could be anything. Like, like that like doesn't necessarily that doesn't doesn't really feel like a common rider theme as much as it like would like a Sentai theme, which I think is part of it. Mm-hmm. Um I do I do kind of think that um the show maybe gets off um on the wrong foot by like um we don't really know what Tomo wants, which is important to know. Like what do yeah, you what's want? his motive? What yeah. can't you do? And um a lot of it looks like a gotcha game sometimes, which I hope changes as there's less CG, but like when they transform or when they're doing the finishers, it kind of just made me think of like when you're playing like a gotcha game and like you get like a new character. A little bit, right? Yeah. Didn't think of that. It's going to get better. 
hopefully. Uh, and also, like, we'll get more used to it. Um, we love Zero One and all that. Um, I think there's actually a lot here that is like worth bleeding. I like that along with like Cure Major, which is a show that we looked at and didn't really like. Um, this is also a show about creativity and like they're on it at the same time. That's kind of cool. Um, for the kids and stuff. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the show itself. So yeah, like episode one starts with, um, the narrator <laughs> tassel. <laughs> oh God. Look, I think tassel could like really poignantly die to give somebody like a new form at some point. I'm glad we started to talk, talk about theories already. So let's let's get the tassel theories out the way. So I saw a couple of cool ones online. I saw one that said he kind of he kind of feels like a DJ Sagara character, and I and I felt like I was hip. I'm like, oh, I actually know who D- DJ Sagara is. But uh, anyways, yeah. it was like, is he always going to be the, the narrator, the narrator, or is he going to actually be part of the show? Because DJ Sagara was kind of already bedded, embedded into the show, and now. It feels like Tassel is kind of like his, in his own world. <laughs> like he's just like overseeing everything that's going on. And then also someone saw someone say that he could p- actually be the villain of the show. So what do, you, what do you think? Well, like the cool thing about DJ like Sagaro is that like he was like a diegetic character. And like what I mean by that is like his narration was part of the show. Like yeah, he, it was like, oh, like this is happening versus like I'm telling you what's happening in this book, which like isn't necessarily a bad thing but it like doesn't feel as like immediately like impactful you know mm-hmm. i think uh tassel um could be anything i think um i think tassel will play a role at some point where we're like okay that was a good payoff but like there's lots of stuff in the show like the monsters not being people which like i kind of like how in a lot of comrade shows the monsters are people or like more human maybe they'll make them more human or maybe they'll just be like oh they're the new wonder ride book monsters or the medigo um are people that have connections to stories versus like just random monsters maybe that's what they'll do but um like i think um they're gonna potentially change some stuff if the feedback's bad <laughs> and tassel is one that i feel like they could change which is why i say Maybe the first upgrade will be like Tassel dying and giving them a book if like it's that badly received, you know? Yeah, that's one of the things that I like about this show or the writers for shows like this is that they're actually willing to like, you know, go a different direction if they're getting bad feedback versus some people are like, no, they have to just wait for this payoff. It's going to work. But they're like, OK, we got to get rid of this character somehow. So I do like that. And the fact that the show is like it's like a living show, it, it like it might have like a month or two behind like they've probably filmed up to like episode seven or eight at this point so maybe that's the point where they would start making changes to the plot but um like the shows do change with the times like you could tell in zero one for example when the shows start to react to covid and like they start to change how they're filming stuff Mm -hmm. so yeah like i think uh it will change as it goes uh and we get like the backstory for toma is that when he was a kid he and a girl that he was friends with were caught in some destruction and there was a swordsman. And I actually liked that he like inherits the power from somebody. That's mm-hmm. kind of cool. But his friend goes missing in a portal and he gets given the dragon book and then he wakes up and he's like, ah, I have this dream. <laughs> oh boy. No, why do um, I keep having this dream. Yeah, why do you have this dream? 
And um, his book, too, that he wrote that was a bestseller or whatever that made him have the store um, was like about lost memories. So maybe that'll become more in focus as we go on to, you know? OK, so here's the thing. I'm going to say something that sounds p- potentially like an issue and like I should be arrested, but it's not. Um, here's my theory about this show. <laughs> uh, I think this show, at least in these first couple episodes, is just Fifty Shades of Grey, but for kids. Whoa. Okay, right? Explain, please. <laughs> okay. So, like, in stuff like Vampire Diaries, Fifty Shades of, of like Grey and that kind of stuff, or, like, even, like, Twilight, a lot of it's, like, um, oh, the story isn't about, like, the character. It's about being loved by the character or, like, whatever. And so far, it seems like um, with the two writers we've met and the writers we're set to meet soon that uh, <laughs> they're meant to be like for the kids to be like oh that's like a cool big brother look at that guy he owns a cool bookstore and he like reads stories to us okay he, like like it's kind of like uh the same way that like a lot of like romance novels are like oh look at that cool firefighter werewolf man i want to <laughs> like be loved by him <laughs> <laughs> this is a hot take it's a hot take um, and that's always kind of the case, I guess, with these shows. It's like, oh, look at these friends, like with kid shows too, I guess. But it just feels pronounced. Where like the first person we meet is like, um, this like loves to go on like imaginary journeys with like kids in his bookstore stuff and like that kind of stuff. The second one is like riding lion or like, oh, who's that cool guy? The third one has a magic carpet. When you when you said that, for some reason, I just envisioned Michael Jackson. For some reason. I'm like, I'm like, is Toma like low key like a Michael Jackson uh, vessel? <laughs> a vessel, <laughs> okay. I'm just it's a different situation, yeah. Uh, well, um, that's one book I don't want to open. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're gonna get canceled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, um, hey, I think that. Kids should get to be kids, and that's why it was kind of nice, honestly, to see like that the kids were just allowed to go to like a bookstore. Sometimes one of the coolest thing about these shows and like watching like Japanese media is like, oh, people are just like doing stuff, and they aren't like worried about like crime or bad people or like pedophiles or like kidnappers or anything. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of nice. <laughs> oh, these kids just like show up at this place. Like we were probably the last, either the last age bracket of kids or the first age bracket of kids that couldn't just go out and do stuff, you know? Yeah. I I, I don't think kids like in today's age are allowed to even like leave the street without their parents' permission. I mean, some kids, but it's pretty much like don't leave your kids alone. It's like frowned upon now. Yeah. And like there's people that like will get like arrested or like child services call for like letting their kids play in their yard. It's like, ah. Or even like disciplining your child in public. It's like a different world now. And like, at least on the that latter one, I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see somebody like scream at their kids at Target right now. Like, yeah. just figure it out. But yeah, um, he owns a bookstore. He goes through like imagination, like adventures with the kids. Um, then May, who's um his agent, comes and needs his next part of his manuscript, and that's kind of like what happens there is that she kind of feels like um. She hasn't gotten much character yet, but she's just like a very affable, I'm here female character that like a lot of these shows have. 
which is fine. Uh, but they can't get the book because he has to um, go give a, a special book that he picked out for a kid. I, I forget the kid's name, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but um, <laughs> not important. Yeah, and they go to the, like the kid's family's like restaurant, but then the whole city gets flipped like the pages of a book, and they're in a weird dimension where they can see a lot of CG dragons and mountains. Uh, and yeah, um, I do like the color. Like when the like when the episode first started, it kind of looked like the house that like Tassel was in was like a PS one like render, and I was like, that's cool. Yeah, and then it just kind of went to like generic CG. So I was like, you know, yeah, it was different. And then there's a monster who is so. How would you describe the villains of this show when we meet them? Uh, I honestly don't know. I mean, like this is, I mean, you could say this is my third camaraderie show that I've seen. So I really didn't know what I was expecting. I mean, they look like just regular monsters to me. Um, what were you trying to get at? Like the, um, there's the evil swordsman caliber. Right. Or the camaraderie caliber. Like a rider. And his, yeah. yeah. Looks like a, a like pretty cool design. And then, the, and there's like three dudes in a room with him. Yeah, just random dudes, Mesopotamia type vibes. Yeah, <laughs> there's lots of people that like in this show just kind of have like a generic look about them, and I hope that changes. But these dudes all kind of had that. Yeah, their names are Storius, Legial, and Zeus with three O's and a U. Um, I, I don't know who who's who yet. If I had to guess, the long haired dude is Zeus. The three O's, but oh, beyond okay. that, I can't tell. Okay, I thought I was about to say, did I miss the introduction, or did you find these online? No, this is like on the wiki page. <laughs> okay. No, you I was like, they didn't yet. even introduce themselves. So, yeah, and I guess like the three kinds of books that um there could be, they they each like they each are one of them. They haven't really had much time to do anything yet uh but like i do like how they like have this weird like mannequin hand like writing a book in their base that's like some cool villain shit mm-hmm. I-, I don't know what it means yet but i like it <laughs> uh but yeah so one of them starts the first like all the monster and there's fights it's just, like there's really nothing that really happens this episode which, which makes it tough to recap mm-hmm. they're fighting so toma gets beat up and May gets like attacked by this weird plant pitcher thing, but saved by Toma. Um, and he like flashes back to his childhood and the girl that left. There is one scene where we see, um, and like I think in the second episode, th- the effects get better for like the cool stylish stuff going on. But we see um, uh, this um, man in blue show up. His name is um, Rintaro. And uh, he just kind of looks lost all the time. <laughs> yeah. He shows up. In like a cool like stop motion like page flipping thing like between dimensions, that that kind of stuff I like. Um, and he's about to transform, but then Toma is able to grab the sword of flames from the ground, which he shouldn't be able to do, and become Comrade Saber. Yeah, it was like an Excalibur moment. It was like, oh my god, he lifted up. Rotaro has this weird thing of saying Homo Sapiens instead of people. Uh, it, it's a character <laughs> quirk. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. First time it happened, I just thought like I got a bad translation. <laughs> like yeah. no offense to the fan subbers. <laughs> then I got it later. But um So do you think he is a homo sapien or do you think he's like a different species, which is why he said homo sapien? I don't know. Maybe he's like a bookling or something, or he's from like the planet uh sword planet and he's like a sword human or like a sword sapien. I don't know. 
yeah, he seems like he's just a person. Yeah. I assumed that he wasn't a human, which is why he said it like that. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. That's a like that's like um one of those things that could just be like a character trait for being like a weird sheltered dude, or could be like I'm from the multiverse. I'm not human. I could just see him say like I read about you in a book. Your your species in a book or some shit. And um, get the first fight. It's fine. Um, a, a first Rider fight is important. This just kind of happened to me. Like it kind of just like I didn't really respond to it. I guess if I had to be honest, like it was like okay. I like some of the swordplay and stuff, but just a lot of CG, um, and he wins. And that was kind of the fight for me. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminded me of the trailer a little bit, like the CG sequence they had. Yeah. And I hope that it gets less as time goes on, which it should. It should. Yeah, I'm more of a practical effects guy. I'm not really big on how the CG looks in Kamen Rider. And like, um, one show we're going to look at probably fairly soon is um, Kamen Rider EX8, which is kind of like this show except for like it's immediately like feels really cool which is like a dumb metric but um it's like about um it's it doesn't really make sense why it's about gaming and doctors but it's about gaming and doctors it's about a bunch of doctors who are like really good at gaming is this the one when the uh the gimmick is video game cartridges uh yeah oh i I saw okay i'm excited for that one and like, like there's lots of like similarities where like uh there's lots of like cool stylish stuff and going between dimensions and like changing where the fight's located and like weird gimmicks and add-ons where like it, it kind of um feels like that where it's like, okay, there's a lot of cool stylish stuff here. Like when they're um like doing their finishers, like the writer kicks and stuff and like it's all like different pages and like each page is like one more frame of the of, of like that like finisher too. And that's really cool to me. Like that's a that's the kind of stuff I want to see. Uh but yeah. Um the kid gets like reunited with his family and Toma is in streetwear at home and he looks way better than he does in his weird, his weird like book outfit. Um, but he wants to fight to save people because books are important and <laughs> books shouldn't be used to hurt people. Um, May lost all her photos, so I guess you can't like record stuff. And then th- this dude shows up on a lion, <laughs> not a blue lion in the <laughs> books. <laughs> Did he have to show up inside the store with that? Uh, I like just I feel like just because I, I was just so, so confused because the lion wasn't like huge. So I'm mean, like, is this like a is he like half? Is that his like legs? Is he like sitting on it? I was just confused. Yeah, he's I like think, sitting on it. Yeah. Yeah, it was just weird. <laughs> he's just standing there. He's like, can you not have a lion in my school? Like, oh, okay. Like, we didn't need all that. And that's when we come into the second episode where it's like, oh, okay. Um he's Riding the lion because it's rude to wear shoes in, in houses. And <laughs> honestly, I like this guy so much. Like immediately, I was like, okay, you fit, you work, you have motivation. It's not the best motivation, but you like you like sweets. You don't understand culture. You're a character who can like make things happen in the plot. I like you um, already. You're, t- you're talking about Rintaro, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's my favorite so far. So he's like the trains all the time, but doesn't know what people are like, what like society is stuff. Um, I like the opening, honestly, that was really cool, too. Like, I like like the song a lot. Yeah, it is. It'll grow on me. I like it. And, and basically, he wants the powers from Toma, but Toma says no. So he takes like Toma to their North Pole base 
and he meets Sophia, who's this kind of reminded me of the of the lady of the beginning from game as well, where it's like, oh, just like you're in white and you're magical. <laughs> it's a lot of ties into like animes that I, I mean, I say animes, uh, yeah. comrader shows that I actually know. I kind of like this. I saw somebody compare. Uh, is it Mia? Maya? May? Is that her name? Yeah, May. Uh, to uh, Akiko from Double. I was gonna say that actually. That's in my notes. Yeah, I was like, okay, I kind of I could see that. I'm like, look at me, get my camaraderie knowledge up. Yeah, and like it's like um, it's kind of like in Zelda, uh, where like it's like oh, we're always in like a different time period or like different place, but there's always like a master sword. There's always a link. There's always like an opponent kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. like it's like oh, like there's certain things just like will always show up or like will show up a lot. Um, kind of like how there's no real reason given. But they're like, oh, yeah, the swordsmen in this world are called common riders. And I just love that. Like, that's that's cool. Like, I like how it's like a weird just kind of like, oh, we don't know about the wider world of common riders. Just we are common riders because it felt right or it feels right. Like, it's like almost like in a past life, like you're like remembering something, you know? Yeah, I just gave up. I just gave up trying to ask myself questions like, how does he know how to fight already? How does he, you know, just these shows aren't meant to be you know broken down into like that kind of sense just kind of gotta just go with it well there are like some shows that do care about knowing how to fight and stuff and like it matters and like he's not as good as um like rintaro yet but yeah like it's like definitely a a thing i guess you can just fight so when um when he transforms because they like go back into the book area because well no okay so sophia says hey you can't take his powers. He's he was chosen by the blaze and the dragon. So work with him to help protect people. Um, and they go back to the page area for the first episode to save people and stop it from being overtaken. I do like um how for Rintaro, his like transformation thing is um this blue main records anew the records of kings. That's some good shit. I love that. Uh he gets a fight where he's like very clearly good at fighting and like beats the crap out of some enemies. And yeah, I like Comrade Blades, I think. Like, despite thinking like it, like immediately, you're the blue water swordsman. That's <laughs> pretty generic. <laughs> yeah, this, in a way, this kind of reminds me of Mystic Knights of Terminog. Oh, yeah. Like, low key, low key kind of feels like it. That's a show that needs to be like put out on like Netflix because it only exists as like 200p. And like super grainy versus, you know, there's like a DVD like. Yeah. Yeah. They put it out on like DVD in Germany for like six episodes or something. And that's it. <laughs> no. Um, there's just like one scene where we like see that like Toma's wounds have healed a little bit, but they're still kind of there. Like that's the kind of shit I like. Perfect. Um, And there's like a hopper enemy that's like leading some ant enemies. I do like these characters designs better than the first episode one who kind of felt like a random power ranger villain versus like a lot of common rider villains yeah how um the one guy was spitting out like the acid that an ant would have mm-hmm. was dope i like that yeah, then that the hive cool. came that's pretty sick a lot of digimon vibes here maybe it's just because they're in like the weird like cyber world but they um like fight then they have to retreat then they come back to fight again because like toma is able to unlock a bike because mm-hmm. he um says something like uh the old Comrider Saber, when he died, said, uh, hope lies beyond your resolution. That's like, okay, cool. That's like a meaningful word from this missing swordsman. 
<laughs> and they fight and they have guns and they do slides under trucks even though they're in a CG book world. <laughs> and one thing is that um like Toma knows these stories, so he's able to tell um Rintaro what to do. Like, here's how we stop the story, which I like thought was very cool. Yeah. Uh and then they get the jacket the beadstock powers, which yeah, they look pretty good, honestly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more like use of weapons like that. Like fairy tale, like how to like maybe yeah. Johnny Appleseed, like grow stuff and we'll see what kind of fairy tales they play on throughout the show. I do like that. And they get like um Peter Pan as well, which I'm not sure how that's gonna work. Maybe it just like looks like Peter Pan on on like one side, but yeah, there's like a, a lot of cool like things there. Maybe we'll harken back and they'll get one for fifty shades of gray, so I'll just like <laughs> match in the end, yeah. I called it. Yeah. <laughs> I called it. Um this red room puts villains in pain, 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 pain. <laughs> there you go. Uh but yeah. Um and yeah, like um the belt's cool. Like I like that you're pulling the sword from the belt and it makes the books open and the books are like made in a way so if they're next to each other, like they'll overlap, but in a way where it shows what the writer's like powers will look like. That's all cool. Um but yeah, they defeat the uh monsters. Um and then we meet another character who I at this point they have to be doing it on purpose because he also enters the bookstore at the end of the the episode on something and he's riding a magic carpet. <laughs> I guess this is how we're gonna meet new characters. <laughs> right? So he's like yellow or gold. He's probably also a common rider. He remembers Toma, but Toma doesn't remember him. That's probably gonna be all we get for this character for a while is like, hey, I'm your childhood friend. Yeah, from the flashback. Probably one of the guys from the flashback. So I want I want to say, what's the chick's name that that we met? Um the second chick we met? Is that do you think that's the girl that flew through the uh book and she's just not saying anything yet? Sophia? Um Yeah. Sophia was kind of treated like some kind of um long term magical guide for the for them. Um I really don't know. I don't think that's her unless some time travel shenanigans happen. Um, apparently the girl who went through the portal was called Luna. Okay. Um, so maybe she's like the next priestess. Maybe it's like, oh, like we need to have like a new priestess. I'm going to fade from like time or whatever. Who knows? Okay. Um, but yeah. Um, and the next episode doesn't actually seem to have to deal with this new guy. It seems to deal with a different new guy who's a dad with a big sword called Comrider Buster. That's fun. Yeah, I need to start watching these uh these uh previews because I'm still skipping them. But uh, I was seeing some uh, static on the internet about uh Caliber using a voice modulator. Did you notice that? Yeah, his voice didn't sound um real, I guess. But we don't know who he is. Like his yeah. identity seems to be a point of contention. Yeah, there, I saw some people saying, like, we're going to meet Caliber before the reveal, and we're not going to know his Caliber, but I'm pretty sure we could piece it together once it happens. <laughs> if he's fucking Tassel, that'll be Bro, cool. please don't do that. Oh, my God. Please don't be Tassel. But, uh... No, it makes sense. It could also be a female character, so we never know. We have to see. Yeah, because, um, I do like when they're not just, just like, dude writers, and, like, um, like, honestly, um, Zero one, we had like um one female and like one non-binary writer and like the little in like the like whole set of like seven or so writers, and that's 
pretty good. <laughs> That's better than most like series do. I'd like to see that keep up in like Rewa and maybe like once we get into like arc two, there will like be more characters. But yeah, it's just uh yeah, maybe. I don't know. But no. Um Carbrider Saber. Where do we think this show is going from here? Uh only way to go is up. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, like I said, I'm be optimistic. Uh there is some things to like about this show so far. Um not as much as there to is there to dislike, but I'm willing to give it a shot. What about you? I mean, compared to Zero One, what I think is a death no, we can't just compare it to Zero One, but we don't exactly have theories in the same way we did after the first two episodes of that show. So that's like a little hard. We don't really have bigger picture ideas or motivations for like the villains or like for a certain character. So it's hard to really know what to expect. I think the show is going to become a little more grounded once they've introduced like the characters and the powers. Um, and I think much like um, there's a, a scene where um, where Toma, Comrade Saber, takes the um, takes the power of Jack and the Beanstalk, and um, even though like you shouldn't have two powers, he uses it, and then he shoots it at the ground, and and that's when he's told it's no use to shoot at the ground. But then a like Beanstalk sprouts. Maybe that's a sign that that's what the show will do. It, It'll shoot at the ground and then it will sprout. <laughs> it's really beautiful. Like when you think about it, um, if I was right in like six months, if not, it wasn't beautiful. But uh, yeah, for th- right now it is. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about watching Comrider uh, so far has been just seeing how the show develops over time. Like I remember not liking the first episode of Zero One and then here I am now like wishing that we were still watching Zero One. So hopefully the show wins me over the same way. If we're in November and the show hasn't improved to the point of us like enjoying it and like having like thoughts and characters, we'll figure something out. Like maybe like <laughs> this becomes a like a like monthly re- watch. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So there's two cool things actually for you. One, um, in the general, I have posted the new logo for the 50th anniversary of Common Rider. Oh, that's sick. I- I couldn't tell what it was at first, but now I see it. I like it. Right. Wow, this is 50 years. Holy shit. I didn't know it was out that long. Crazy. Yeah, 1971. So next year, but they like put the logo out. Yeah. So am I, is it ignorant to say so 50 years, 50 seasons, or is it, has it been more seasons than 50? Like, did they oh, it's up? been less than 50. Cause, um, less than 50. Okay. There's been 21. There's been probably 32 if I'm being honest, like there's been like 32 seasons in those 50 years. So not one to one. That's awesome, though. Each of those like leaves are like the eyes of the different kind of writers, too. It's pretty cool like that. So that, that bottom one is Saber, right? Yeah. Okay. That's the most one of the most dramatic ones. Let's <laughs> see. Yeah, you could see where like it went from, oh, we're bugs to, oh, we're different. <laughs> Speaking of cool designs, though, I have something also very special to show you. Um, it is a spoiler for the Comrade Zero One movie coming out. Who is that? Also, um, <laughs> that is Comrade Zero One Rising or um Hell Rising Hopper. That's sick. Yeah, so that's actually a spoiler, I guess. But um, the suit designs for apparently to defeat Comrade Eden, Arzo has to go to hell or get hell powers. Whoa, I don't know. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, 
it makes no sense but neither did neither did, did that character showing up at the like last scene of the show yeah i'm, I'm interested in seeing how that goes as well <laughs> yeah uh, and i guess like the theme for the like movie is going to be called hell in heaven which awesome totally <laughs> that's perfect just do some dumb shit <laughs> just i love it oh it's over the top yes like go right over there like you had like a full like what could you do with the actual plot of the series in like a movie that like people might have seen uh but no <laughs> it's perfect but um yeah so that is our update on Kevin Rider and, and our thoughts on the Kevin Rider Saber and yeah it, it's a very interesting place to leave <laughs> for next time <laughs> um we're probably going to get a, another episode um in for Kevin game in the next few weeks for the second and final part of our look at and at the end of that, we will kind of talk about some post-series thoughts since um, I was not expecting James to like it quite as much as he did and like, go through and finish it. So that'll be exciting, too. But like clearly Mark spoilers at the end of that, too. Where do people find you, James, when you're uh, not watching Common Rider and having some thoughts? You can find me at PopCoolNet on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Where can I find you, Kip? You can find me um, on Twitter.com at JamesForge. And you can find the podcast, uh, at Common Ride With Me, CommonRideWithMe.com and send in questions to podcast at CommonRideWithMe.com and also we would love to get more reviews on on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Um, that's very important. It helps us with our our like rankings and our d- discoverability and that kind of stuff. And we will shut you out on the show and we are close to a new bonus episode just, just like based off that alone. Yeah. Um, what have we been inspired to do today? I feel like we can't let this episode go by without saying watch Kamen Rider and read a book.